0: Good morning, Anchor Church. I hope you are all well today. But we're in our Heart for the House series. And last week we talked about knowing God um, and, and kind of what that entails and, and, and kind of how we move towards, towards knowing God more deeply. Today is the, we're looking at the second half of our mission. And we're, we're going to dive into what it means to make God known. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before I dive into the scriptures, I wanted to share a thought with you. Um, In the last 15 years, there's uh, a new phenomenon that um, has kind of uh, hit our world. Um, with the rise of social media, you know, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that, with the, the dawn of social media has come this new phenomenon that we call going viral. Going viral is, is such a big thing now that Merriam Webster's dictionary actually has a definition for it. And, and the dictionary defines going viral like this quickly and widely spread or popularized, especially by means of social media. YouTube's most viral video ever is a video called The Baby Shark Dance by Pink Fong. Now, if you've never heard this, you can just go on YouTube and search it and you can become addicted like the rest of the world. Um, (laughs) uh, Baby Shark Dance used to be uh, my son Ezra's favorite song, and we used to listen to it over and over and over again. Uh, Amazingly, Baby Shark Dance has uh, a crazy 11.9 billion views, billion with a B. Just to give you a little perspective, there are less than eight billion people in the world. So that's a lot of views. There's been a lot of people that have been watching it a lot. That's, that is what we call going viral. Now, if, if I'm honest with you this morning, there's a small part of me that would love to be a part of a video or or something going viral one day. I'd love to be a part of that. Just there's something really uh, cool about the idea of of making millions of people laugh, or or you know, bringing millions of people to tears, or um, like causing millions of people to think deeply. There's something very intriguing about that to me i would love to be a part of something like that one day i would love to have that kind of influence that big of a voice that would be so awesome but i was thinking about it as i i I was thinking about um going viral and i was thinking about this have you ever wondered what causes something to go viral? What causes a video to go viral? What causes a meme to go viral? What, what is it that causes these things to spread quickly and be popularized? Is it just random or is there a formula? Now, I hope I don't sound too cheesy with this next thing I'm gonna say, but have you ever wondered like what it would take to help the gospel go viral? What would it take to, to help the gospel go viral in our world? Is it random or is there a formula? What role do you and I play in helping the, the, the gospel go viral? What, what do we have to do with that? Well, today I wanna dive into scripture and I wanna look at what scripture has to say about the idea of, of you know, taking, taking the gospel to everybody and, and, and making God known in our world. But first, let's pray. God, thank you for this day and thank you uh, for my church family and that we're um, able to gather, that we have the privilege of gathering together to worship you and hear the the presentation of your word. I pray, God, that you would open our hearts to hear your word today um, and, and that they would be your words and not my words. God, do what only you can do and change us from the inside out. We love you. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible this morning, you can open it up or turn it on to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 is where we're going to read from today. We're going to begin at verse 9. But before I read, I want to say something that I say almost every week when I preach. Whenever I preach, I try to preach from a perspective of there and then. Now what that means is if we're going to understand how the Bible applies to our lives here and now, I believe we have to understand what was going on there and then. To understand the words of the Bible, I believe we have to understand the world of the Bible. And so I always want to try to give context and help us understand what was going on so that we can fully understand what the Bible means. And so... Um, Our our scripture verse today, here's kind of what led up to uh, what we're going to read. Jesus has just been betrayed, beaten, and sentenced to death by crucifixion. Three days later, he raises from the dead. He defeated death, hell, and the grave, and now he's back. This is the basis of our faith, right? And and this is where our scripture reading begins today. Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 9, it says this, After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. A resurrected Jesus is slowly revealing himself to uh, his disciples, to his followers, and he begins with Mary Magdalene. Now, I believe this is a really significant um, thing, right? This is a a very significant moment that we are um, reading right now because of all the people, of all the people that Jesus could have revealed himself to, he reveals himself to a woman, Now, uh, why that's a big deal, in the world of the Bible, women were seen as second-class citizens. Women were seen as less important because typically women didn't work outside the home. So society viewed them as not as valuable as men because they didn't provide for society or they didn't produce for society. They, they, their roles were strictly within the home. So they were seen as second class citizens. I believe Jesus's interaction with Mary here and, and him uh, revealing himself to Mary first. This was Jesus flipping that mind mindset, that worldview on its head. He's, he's kind of, he's kind of trying to shift things now. Now this is, I'm, I'm, this is a quick side note. This is not the point of my message, but I'm just, I I just want us to understand what's going on here. Like this is a big moment because Jesus, again, could have revealed himself to anybody. He reveals himself to a woman. Let's keep reading. Verse 10, she went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. Here's another significant verse, and I think I say this is significant because we see here that Mary Magdalene is actually the very first Christian missionary. She's the very first person who, who uh, told people the good news of Jesus after the, re- as, after the resurrection. Um, and again, it's a woman. She's, she's telling other people about Jesus, and this is significant uh, because I want to quickly point out that, that women can minister just like men can, that women are anointed just like men are anointed. There are some Christian traditions that would um, try to tell you that um, women don't have a place in ministry, and, and I want to tell you. From what I read in scripture, that's not true. That's not the case. God can use anybody. He wants to accomplish his, his mission, his goals, and, and um, he calls everybody. And so, again, that's just a little aside, but I, I thought it was important enough to, to uh, make that observation to you this morning. So let's keep reading. Verse 11. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her afterward he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from jerusalem into the country they rushed back to tell the others but no one believed them still later he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together he rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead if you notice uh, Jesus didn't spend the little time he had after his resurrection. He didn't spend that time interacting with people he didn't know. He didn't spend that time trying to convince uh, people who didn't follow him to now come follow him. What did he do? What was he doing? He was, he was interacting with all of his disciples. He was, he was uh, interacting with all of his believers, all those, those people who followed him. And what was he doing? He was commissioning them with, with a, a, a task. He was, he was um, giving them a mission to accomplish. And here's the mission, verse 15. And he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So Jesus lays it out to his disciples very plainly, right? Simply put, if you believe that I rose from the dead, if you believe that I'm the Messiah, if you believe that I'm the Son of God, if you believe the gospel, the good news of God that we're made right in God's sight by faith and faith alone from start to finish, if you believe that and you're baptized, you will be saved. If you don't, you're going to be condemned. Very simple. He makes it very, very simple, very clear. Salvation comes from belief, trust, faith. Condemnation comes from unbelief. Let's keep reading. Verse 17, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. So resurrected Jesus begins revealing himself to his followers and he commissions them with this. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Declare the gospel to everyone. What is the good news? The good news is that God came to save humanity from death. The good news is that that God came to to save us from our own wickedness, our own sin. God came to save us from impending doom. That is the good news. But here's the sad thing. There's a lot of people that either they don't know this or they don't understand it. They don't know or they don't understand. Let, Let me help us understand really quickly. All human beings... All human beings are trapped in a downward spiral of sin and and wickedness. And we can't get out of that downward spiral on our own. And because of that sin and wickedness, we fall short of the standard of God. And because we fall short of the standard of God, we deserve death. So we're trapped in this, this, this... downward spiral that's leading to our deaths and we can't get out ourselves. So the good news is that God sent his son to to save us from that. God sent his son to adopt us into his kingdom. He sent his son to cover over our sin that we might one day have the right to be called sons and daughters of the living God. This is what people either don't understand or they don't know. So how do people come to understand if they don't understand? How do people come to know God? How do people come to know what he's done for them? How do people come to know who he is, his unfailing love, his enormous grace? How do people come to know God if they don't already know him? God's plan A was always for his people to be the instrument through which he reveals himself to the world. Always. God's plan A was always to use you to reveal him to the world. God's plan A was always to use me to reveal him to the world. God could do, he could do anything to draw people to himself. He is bound by nothing, but he chooses to call us. He chooses to empower us. He chooses to to use us, to send us to preach the good news. It's an amazing privilege. It's an amazing purpose, and that that is our purpose. That is our purpose as Christ followers. He empowers us to make him known in the world. This is our mission at Anchor Church. This is our emphasis for this year. Know God, make him known. Last week we talked about knowing God. This week we're going to talk about three ways we need to live to make God known in our world. Three ways we need to live to make God known in our world. The the first way we need to live to make God known is this. We have to live differently. We have to live differently. 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 3 and 4 say this, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, Living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. Very first thing if we're gonna make God known in a world that doesn't know Him, we have to live our lives differently than the world lives their life. Peter says, you've spent enough time doing what pagans choose to do. You've you've done that. You've spent enough time doing that. It's time to look different. It's time to do things differently. You've spent enough time valuing the things the world values. You've spent enough time living the way non-believers live. It's time to live differently. If we want to make God known, uh, people have to see that our lives are different from theirs. Let me, say that. Let me say that again. Pay attention. If we want to make God known, people have to see that our lives are different from theirs. Otherwise, what are they going to be attracted to? What are they going to be drawn to? Um, when I was a young Christian... Um, there were some, there were, uh, times every now and then where I'd get to hang out with some old buddies from high school. Um, and it was, it was always a blast. Um, now when, when we went to, when we went to school together, when we were in school, none of us knew God, none of us were Christians or anything like that. We were crazy, you know, hooligans. Uh, we did crazy things. Um, but I've, I've shared before that I found God after I graduated high school, and so um, when we'd get together after we graduated, um, I was a completely different person than the one that they knew before, and so when we get together um, it, it usually started out okay. It usually started out with us like catching up and talking sports and you know remembering like the funny memories that we had in school and that kind of thing, but inevitably Always the drugs and alcohol would end up coming out. And um, I can remember one instance where I'm at this guy's house and a bunch of us are hanging out, and the beer starts coming out, and everyone's got a beer except me. And one guy noticed and he made a huge scene, got really mad at everyone else because they all had beers and I didn't. He thought that no one had offered me a beer. So he, like, he made like uh, a big scene, and, and he asked me, and everybody's watching now, he asked me, hey, do you want a beer, and I turned him down, and everybody started laughing, it was a kind of funny moment, or whatever, um, we moved on, we started doing our thing, well, a little bit later, the, uh, the marijuana came out, you know, and people were passing it around, it came to me, and I quickly declined, I decided I wasn't going to do that, um, and, um, the same guy who got, ma- got mad and, you know, at everybody, he saw me decline. And, um, he asked me, he goes like all seriousness, he's like, Ryan, are you okay? This is a true story. Ryan, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And, you know, we, I just don't want to do that. And we moved on and we're having fun and everybody's laughing and, and I'm laughing with them. You know, I'm just trying to keep my distance. Cause I don't, you know, I don't, want that stuff, you know, whatever. And so, anyways, later on um, that night, he pulls me aside. He, like, privately pulls me, pulls me outside to, to ask me, hey, Ryan, like, what is going on with you? You are way different. You're, you're way different. You used to be this way when we were in school, and now you're not. Like, what is going on? And it was an awesome moment for me to be able to share my story with him and, and be able to share the gospel with him. It was, it was a moment, because I lived my life differently in front of this guy, I was able to, to share the gospel with him and that confused the heck out of him because he never thought religious people wanted anything to do with people like them. So it was an awesome opportunity to be able to live my life differently in front of people who don't know God. It was an awesome opportunity to make God known where he is unknown. Living differently is is probably one of the best ways to make God known in our world. It's it's one of the best ways to make him known in a world that doesn't know him. Um, But it's not just being different in the way we like behave, right? It's not just turning down drugs because like dare, you know, teaches people, Christians and non-Christians, to turn down drugs. It's like it's every part of our lives that has to be different. The way you speak to people. Are you speaking life into them or are you speaking death? Are you condescending when you speak to people or are you adding value when you speak to people? People would notice. And the way you speak to people can can show like, man, there's something different about that person. Even the way we respond in tragedy. When tragedy hits, when tragedy strikes, how do you respond? Do you respond the way the world responds or do you respond in worship like Job? Do you... Do you respond the way the world responds or do you, do you respond like you have the joy of the Holy Spirit inside of you? Living our lives differently in every area is probably the best way to make God known in a world that doesn't know Him. So that's the first thing we have to do if we're gonna make God known. We have to live our lives differently from the rest of the world. The next thing we have to do to make God known is this. We have to live with a higher purpose. We have to live life with a higher purpose. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, but you will receive the, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We live life in a TikTok, Instagram, Facebook world that promotes instant gratification and glorification of self. That's the world we live in. Um, I'm I'm a big college football fan, and there's like this term that's floated around right now um, in college football, talking about high school kids going into uh, college to play football, and it's their brand brand every high school kid has a brand that they're trying to promote and they're trying to get their brand out there so that they can get the best you know situation for themselves possible everybody it seems like everybody has a brand now everybody has uh a twitter account or an instagram account or everybody has a TikTok, or you know everybody has a youtube channel that's what it seems like everybody has a brand everybody's trying to get their their name out there everybody's trying to become famous that's kind of how it seems now really quickly um, i'm not saying there's anything bad with social media i'm not saying there's anything bad with having a youtube channel or anything like that that's not what i'm saying What I am saying is that there are many, many people that find their purpose in life in that thing. That is their purpose in life. Their purpose in life is to promote themselves. Their purpose in life is to become famous on social media. And what I'm saying is if we're going to make God known in a world that doesn't know him, we have to live with a higher purpose than trying to make ourselves famous or than trying to get the best situation for ourselves. Um, I, I recently heard a, a famous TikToker say, say this. This is, this is jarring. He said, all I want to do is make TikToks with pretty girls all day long. I thought that was pretty funny, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, man, that's really sad. Now let me let me set up that quote for you. This TikToker, he is, he's got millions of followers. He's uh, rich from TikTok. He doesn't have to work a nine to five job, right? Um, literally, all he does is shoot videos of himself all day, and he posts them, and he gets money from that. That's literally what he does. So he could do anything, he's rich, he has the money, he could do whatever he wants. And he said from his own mouth, all I want to do is glorify myself. That, that's what I heard. All I want to do is glorify myself. All I want to do is, is promote myself, get myself out there more and more. That is the purpose of his life right now. And if we're, as Christ followers, we're gonna make God known in a world that doesn't know him, we have to have a higher purpose. And glorifying ourselves. Now, for, for you, it may not be as um, vain as that, right? It may not be as vain as like creating a brand and promoting yourself on social media. It may, it may not be that. Um, but if our highest priority, our highest purpose in life is our career, we're missing it. If you're a Christ follower and your highest, your highest purpose is your career, you're missing it. You're missing it. If you're a Christ follower and your highest purpose in life is living comfortably, you're missing it. If you're a Christ follower and your highest purpose in life is to uh, get X amount of dollars in your retirement retirement account, you're missing it. Even if your family is your highest purpose, if you're a Christ follower, you're missing it. As a Christ follower, your highest mission has to be advancing the kingdom of God where you are. That has to be your highest priority if you're a Christ follower. If we're going to call ourselves disciples of Jesus, our highest purpose in life, our highest priority has to be advancing God's kingdom. Acts chapter 2 is, is famous because it tells us uh, about the formation of the first church. And, and many ch- Christians look at Acts 2 as the model for how church should be, uh, the model of what church is supposed to look like. But Acts 2 is meaningless without the mission of Acts 1. Again, Acts 2 is the model for how church should be, but Acts 2 is meaningless without the mission of Acts 1. And I just read it a minute ago. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Biblical community is nothing without the mission of being witnesses for Jesus. Biblical community is missional community. Biblical community is missional community. Missional community is community with a higher purpose, being witnesses for Christ and sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of God. That's our highest purpose as as God's children. That's our highest purpose as his disciples, making him known we have to live with a higher purpose. Life as a Christ follower has to be bigger than us. It has to be. It has to be bigger than your wants, your desires. It has to be bigger than my preferences. Life as a Christ follower can't be about me. It's got to be about Him. It's got to be about His mission, about advancing His kingdom. If our highest priority and purpose is not about making God known, we are missing it. So if we're going to make God known in, in a world that doesn't know Him, we, we have to live differently and um, we have to live with a higher pers- purpose. Lastly, if we're gonna make God known in a world that doesn't know him, we have to live boldly. We have to live boldly. Acts chapter 28 verse 31 says this, he, that he is the apostle Paul, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. In, in biblical scholarship, there's a sentiment that um, every, everything we read in Scripture is either prescriptive or it's descriptive. Now, what that means is um, Scripture is either describing a situation that has happened or it's prescribing attitudes and behaviors that we should adopt as followers of God. Now, I believe this Acts chapter 28 verse 31 is actually both. It's describing a situation with the Apostle Paul in hopes that we we actually adopt his behaviors as our own. He he proclaimed the kingdom of God and he taught about the Lord Jesus with all boldness. Proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about Jesus with all boldness. I believe that's descriptive and prescriptive for us. Now, that word boldness um, is intimidating if you're an introvert like me <laughs> um, and, and if you're like me you're getting more anxious by the second thinking about you know being bold um, but here's the great thing we don't have to uh, muster this boldness ourselves we don't have to wind ourselves up to this like boldness that I'm talking about like we don't have to do it Acts chapter 4 verse 31 kind of helps us understand why. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. This is one of those prescriptive verses for, for us. God fills us with the Holy Spirit and He gives us boldness. He gives us courageousness we don't have to muster that courage we don't have to muster that strength on our own we simply submit to the spirit of god within us all you have to do is be obedient to his leadings Uh, when i was a, a first year in master's commission uh back when i was 18 years old um Every now and then, uh, as a part of our like Bible courses, every now and then we would go down to, uh, it's called the Old Markets, downtown Omaha. And um, we would spend like a Friday night or a Saturday night downtown hanging out, sharing our faith with people witnessing to complete strangers. Now talk about like nerve-wracking, right? The, the thought of doing that, just walking up to a complete stranger and like starting this really uh deep conversation about like their relationship with God. Like that's <laughs> that's nerve-wracking to me. Um just even thinking about it now I'm like, oh man, how did I do that? You know, I but but we did it and and here's the here's the thing like no matter how, how nervous I got thinking about it, the anticipation killed me sometimes thinking about doing it. No matter, no matter how nervous I got, we never went down there without praying first. We always prayed that God would give us the Holy Spirit to empower us in those conversations because we knew We knew if we were going to effectively share the gospel that we couldn't do it without the boldness of the Holy Spirit. We couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. If we're going to make God known in a world that doesn't know him, we have to live boldly. And the Holy Spirit does that. The Holy Spirit gives us that supernatural boldness to make God known. So if we're going to make God known in a world that doesn't know him, we have to live differently. We have to live with a higher purpose. We have to live boldly. Worship team, you can come to the platform this morning. Could you imagine? Imagine for just a second. Close your eyes if you need to. Imagine this for a second. Imagine living your life in such a way that you stick out everywhere you go. I'm, I'm not talking about um, being the obnoxious Bible thumper that people try to avoid when they see you coming. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about imagine, imagine holding yourself to such a high standard that people can't help but notice and wonder what's different about him? What's different about her? Could you imagine that? I think that'd be, I think it'd be awesome. What if we actually started living God's higher purpose every single day? What if, what if when we woke up in the morning, the first thing we did was ask ourselves, how can I advance the kingdom of God today? How can I be a better witness for Jesus today? What, what, what if? What if we actually had that mindset and we actually lived our lives that way? How, how would things be different? What if we lived each day in the boldness of the Holy Spirit, relying on Him to empower us and not believing that we had to do it ourselves? How differently would, would you approach conversations with family, with friends, with coworkers, with classmates? How differently would you see yourself? Knowing God, making Him known. That's, again, our, our purpose. In life as Christ followers, that's our mission here at Anchor Church. That's our emphasis for this year. We're, everything, everything we do, I want it to be to know God and to make Him known. We have to live differently. We have to live with a higher purpose. We have to live boldly. Let me pray for you this morning. God, thank you. Thank you for this day and thank you for your word. God, thank you that you've created us. You've created us to, to know you. You've created us, God, to, to do your work, to advance your kingdom. Thank you, God. I just ask today, God, that anybody who might be struggling in the area of living differently or living with a higher purpose or living boldly, I pray, God, that you, Holy Spirit, you would grab a hold of them. You would pull them close and you would reveal yourself to them more and more, God. Empower us today to live life differently. Empower us today to live for a higher purpose, God. Empower us to live boldly and to speak boldly, God. Thank you. We love you. We love you. And, and God, we, I pray for all those today who, who are here or who may be watching online that don't know you, God. I pray that you would continue to draw them to yourself, God, lead them to repentance. Lead them to repentance, to, to putting their faith and their trust in you. And God, I, I, I ask, um, God, that you would continue continue to, to lead us and guide us in this journey. Lead us and guide us, God, as we, as we seek your face. We love you, God. We give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If we want to make God known in a world that doesn't know him, we have to live differently. We have to live with a higher purpose. We have to live boldly. I have a few next steps that I want to give us today. Um, Before we leave, these next steps are just tangible things that we can do to take the message and apply them to our lives this week. The first next step is this. This week, I will identify areas of my life that need to conform to the image of Christ. This is about that, that living differently peace right we want the world to know that we're disciples of Christ so we need to look more and more like him the the second next step this uh that I want to talk about is this week I will memorize acts chapter 1 verse 8 but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And our last next step is this. This week, I will boldly share my faith with someone and invite them to church with me. <sighs> Guys, has been good. Heart for the House series is really good. I'm really excited for what God has in 2023 and beyond. Let me say one last prayer for you, and we can go. God, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you for your word. And I just pray that you would empower us by your spirit, God. We need you. We can't do it on our own. And finally, may the sharing of your faith become effective for the full knowledge of everything that is in us for the sake of Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great day, Anchor Church. We will see you next week.